everyone. Uh, welcome to Capes and Japes. Uh, we are <laughs> recording this on Valentine's Day. It's coming out the day after Valentine's Day. Um, but over the weekend, while I was uh, getting ready, I was like, oh, that'll be fun. We can um, talk about the Dibneys for Valentine's Day. And then I was like, oh no, we're going to talk about the huge bummer stuff about the Dibneys also <laughs> on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Here's uh, here, here's a bummer. It's, oh boy, oh. Oh, folks, I, like, I don't want to focus on the bummer stuff too much, because it bums me out. This is a fun podcast, but we, we can't not talk about it also, um, because it's been sort of the main focus uh, of most of their appearances in, like, the 21st century. So, um... I'll let you guys know when the bummer part is coming up. <laughs> uh, but we will we will talk about a bunch of non-bummer stuff. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, Here's your first non-bummer. I love them. Yeah. Fact number one. They're great. Um, I know also we did Clarion. We were like, oh, we should just do a bunch of spooky guys. And... These aren't really spooky guys, but they were ghosts for a little while. So <laughs> that's spooky. Look, we say we say things a lot. Sometimes we follow through. Sometimes we don't. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> CavesandJapes.org. We say things a lot. Um. Anyways, let's um let's get down to brass tacks here. Who are Ralph and Sue Dibney? Um. Ralph Dibney, the uh, first to appear out of the two of them, although Sue is introduced uh, almost immediately after, um, is a superhero uh, called the Elongated Man. Um, Guess what he, he has... does. <laughs> he, he, um, he, can, he can get uh, real, real long. He's a, uh, stretchy, uh, stretchy guy, much like, uh, Mr. Fantastic of the, uh, the Fantastic Four, or, like, possibly more iconic and more, uh, definitely better named DC superhero, uh, Plastic Man. Um, there's some back and forth when he was introduced, he was uh, written by John Broom and drawn by Carmine Infantino. And apparently DC editor Julia Schwartz was the one who was sort of pitching this idea. Um, and there's some confusion as to whether or not Julia Schwartz was aware that they had the rights to Plastic Man and could have just used Plastic Man instead. Um, cause Plastic Man was one of those characters, uh, who he'd been part of, uh, quality comics. Um, and then DC had like acquired them in like the fifties, but whether, uh, whether he was aware or not, uh, they end up with new character, Ralph Dibney, the elongated man. Look, I'm glad. Which I'm glad. I'm glad. I like him. I like to see him. I like to see him. I'm glad they made him. I do like. I'm. I can't blame Plastic Man for how absurd his name is. I feel like even if you couldn't use the name Plastic Man, you still could have come up with a less unwieldy name for a stretching-based superhero than the Elongated Man, but I'll, I love that he's called the Elongated Man. 
Look, like, you've got Plastic Man, you've got Elastic Man, you gotta go something a little bit more original, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, so he's introduced in The Flash, uh, in 1960, and in his first appearance, um, it's like there's some jewel thieves, uh, like, framing him for, uh, like, a bunch of crimes, uh, and the Flash tries to catch him, and Ralph's like, wait, 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 that wasn't me. Uh, they, you know, manage to work together to track down the criminals, uh, and from then on, Ralph, uh, and Barry are friends, um, and Ralph shows up, uh, from time to time to help Barry out with, you know, various, uh, Flash adventures. Uh, his, the story of how he became stretchy is, uh, when he was growing up in Nebraska, uh, he developed a fascination with, like, circus contortionists and like sideshow kind of contortionist guys um and he was really interested in making a name for himself uh kind of you know getting attention he was i think especially early on he was written like they were leaning kind of more into the like guy who wants to be famous angle than the later detective angle. <laughs> um, Look, interests change. Y you know, we all grow and change as people over the course of our lives. Or just look at uh, Guy Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate example. Um, so he becomes interested in a bunch of these like circus contortionists talks to several of them. You know how over the course of your life you will have the opportunity to introduce yourself to multiple sideshow contortionists and finds out that they all favor this soft drink called Gingold, <laughs> which is produced with Gingo, not Ginkgo, the real plant, but a fictional, a fictional exotic fruit called Gingo, with no K. Okay. Yeah. In, in, in this universe, my brother's cat is named Gingo. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he, uh, is able to, uh, like, distill Gingo down to an extremely concentrated form, and drink that and uh it gives him these absurd stretchy powers um it's established later on um i think mostly just to be because like why doesn't everyone just do this and get stretchy powers uh it's like oh most people are actually like allergic to ginkgo in that concentrated a form but ralph actually had a metagene and it activated his latent metagene when he drank it um <laughs> i sure i think he has to uh like continually drink it to maintain his powers but i could be wrong and that also could be something that They've changed. Um, but he, uh... Hold on, I just have to drink a soda really quick. I'm getting unstretchy. I am not as stretchy as I was previously. Give me two seconds. Gotta just grip it and rip it and chug one down. <laughs> Gotta crack open a cold one with the boys. Um, and by a cold one, I mean my specialty brew of a fake fruit. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
his uh, stretching powers are a little more limited than uh, Plastic Man's, although Plastic Man is also, like, more of a comedy-oriented superhero, so Plastic Man's stretching powers are, a lot of the time, whatever it's funny for them to be. Um, I do love, I do love a superhero where it's like, well, what can he do? Well, whatever's funniest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think a lot about, like, I think there was a Tumblr post where somebody was like, I see a lot of argument about, like, oh, could, like, one punch man beat Superman in a fight? And it's like, they're they're on completely different levels. One punch man would beat Superman if it was funny to beat Superman. And he would lose to Superman if it was funny for him to lose to Superman. <laughs> like, he doesn't r operate by the same rules. <laughs> um, so he doesn't have as much kind of, like, shape-changing ability as Plastic Man does. He has used his powers to, like, physically alter his appearance, but it takes more effort than just regular stretching, and he can't do it for long. Like, to change, like, how his face looks, he can't do it for very long, uh, but he obviously can stretch out all his limbs, grow them to different sizes, he can flatten himself out to go, like, under a door or, like, through a, a crack. He can, uh, change his fingers into different shapes. He can, like, uh, he's more, uh, resistant to damage than, uh, a, a non-stretchy person would be, but he's not, like, invulnerable. Um, he also, uh, and we'll talk, this is more to do with the detective stuff. Um, they establish that there's a side effect of his powers where his sense of smell is enhanced. Um, so he can sniff out if something is weird. I don't... I don't think they had to make this related to his stretchy powers because, like, it it doesn't have anything to do with him stretching. I think maybe this is just another thing <laughs> that he can do. He's just very good at sniffing. I, He's just a great it, sniffer. I am also a great sniffer. Like, it just, it just happens sometimes. Sometimes I'm yeah. walking down the street and I'm like, Mom, do you smell Cheerios? And she's like, what? No. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe like look maybe it it he just had like inherent sensory stuff going on <laughs> before he got the stretchy powers um but when he meets the flash he already has these stretching powers he's already you know trying to make a name for himself as the elongated man and he is already dating um, Sue Dearborn, uh, soon to be Sue Dibney, ve very shortly after they like first, uh, the two of them first show up. Um, but Sue is a uh, socialite from New York. Her family's very wealthy. She, you know, she's extremely beautiful and fashionable. Um, she's based on uh, Shirley MacLaine. And uh, <laughs> Ralph, like, we don't know, like, exactly how they, you know, Ralph, like, came to know of her. We don't really know what, like, a lot of their, like, dating life was like. But, uh, Ralph was so, uh, smitten with her that he, <laughs> he crashed her debutante ball, pretending that he was there to stop a crime, uh, when actually he just wanted to talk to her. Um, <laughs> Ralph, 
We have talked about some wife guys on this podcast. <laughs> Ralph Dibney is maybe the most wife guy, wife guy in probably all of comics. It's just ultimate wife guy. Ralph Dibney loves two things, and it's solving mysteries and his wife. And his wife wins. His wife wins. Yes, it's- objectively, yes. Wife, wife number one. Wife above all else. <laughs> um, so, uh, Sue, I think, is introduced the second time Ralph, uh, appears in the Flash as his girlfriend. And then they get married at some point off panel, like, between appearances. And then, uh, the next time Ralph shows up, it's like, Oh, they got married, and it was in the newspaper, and uh, Barry was the best man, uh, which is very cute. Um, Ralph also, uh, like, in between appearances, publicly reveals his secret identity and starts, like, trying to sort of make a career as, like, a performer kind of um just like <laughs> like travels around like doing appearances and stuff when he's not um helping his good friend the flash solve crimes with sue obviously uh traveling with them um so that's like in uh the early 60s um that they're both introduced Later on in the 60s and into the 70s, they, uh, I mean, like, it's technically, like, Ralph's feature, but Sue is there the the whole time. Um, Well, of course. Of course. He loves his wife. Um, But the two of them get a, um, like, a backup feature in detective comics uh where they are driving around <laughs> in a convertible looking for mysteries <laughs> to solve <laughs> um cuz that would like again it's not really a thing when he first uh shows up in the flash Like, he helps the Flash solve some mysteries, but primarily just kind of over the course of, you know, regular, like, superhero crime solving. And he's good at it. And, like, I think, you know, he he figures things out before Barry does sometimes. But it's not, like, exactly a, a critical facet of his identity. Uh, and then... It is now. It is now. I like I don't know whose idea it was or like well <laughs> where this concept came from. It's, it's just his new special interest, Olivia. It's just <laughs> he, he, he just they're like, "Hey, we love this guy. What if he had a special interest?" Um I mean, like I think I'm sure part of it comes from the fact that um, stretchy powers are a, a little bit weird to write. Um, it's a weird power set, and I think it it makes sense why you would be like, let's come up with he needs something another else. Thing. <laughs> but, yeah, I, like probably that's why like Reed Richards's thing is like. Being a dick. He's first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. It's being a dick and then being really smart and then stretching. Um, but it's like, when when you go and talk to Mr. Fantastic because you need his help, 99% of the time you need his help, like, solving a science problem and not you need, <laughs> you need somebody to stretch. Um, which is how it becomes with, like, Ralph and Sue is, like, most of the time, 
people talk to Ralph because they want detective help. And then sometimes also they need somebody to be stretchy. Ralph, uh, Ralph, my cat's stuck in a tree. Please, <laughs> she's so high up. <laughs> Ralph's like, oh, gee, yeah, I, I, I wasn't expecting this to be your problem. But yeah, I can, I can absolutely do that. Um, so they just solve like a bunch of wacky little mysteries. Uh, there's, uh, you know, like a, a couple times it's like, oh no, Sue gets kidnapped. Um, but it's all relatively low stakes. I mean, it kind of has to be, it's like a backup feature in detective comics. So they can't be like getting like really deep into like any kind of plot weeds. Um, but there's just, they're just driving around, vibing, just like, so, and it really is like, specifically, like, it's not like, oh, they keep running into mysteries. It's like, no, this is Ralph's special interest. He loves weird mysteries and they're driving around looking for them. They will so that find Ralph them. Can solve them. God, it's... I say, <laughs> I'm just thinking about the, um, it's either an issue or in an annual of Justice League International where, like, it's Ralph's birthday and Sue pretends that she forgot, but really she put this whole mystery together where she gets kidnapped and she gets the League in on it. And the entire time he's like, no, this is like, Sue did this. And then eventually he's like, okay, I need to, like, actually pretend like I don't know what's going on. Otherwise, the whole league is just yelling at me that I don't care about my wife, which is <laughs> untrue. But he, like, in the morning, she leaves and he's like, okay. And he writes a letter and he gives it to, like, the front desk of their hotel. And... <laughs> He writes out, like, the entire thing of, like, all right, I under I know what's happening, and writes down what he thinks is happening, gives it to, like, the front desk of the hotel, and then goes on this whole mystery, and he has a great time, and at the end it's like, yeah, Sue was never in danger, and Ralph's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> she, <laughs> she never said bye to me this morning. That was Martian Manhunter. <laughs> Pretending to be Sue because he was in on it. <laughs> oh, thanks, you think God. I don't know my wife. God, it's so cute. And like, it's mostly Ralph solving the mysteries because, again, it's his special interest. But obviously, Sue is helping um, and is like not a, a slouch by any means, when it comes to detective skills. Um, I think partly, you know, innately, and then also I think traveling around with your mystery-obsessed husband, you are gonna <laughs> learn a few things. Yeah, you're, you're gonna pick some stuff up. <laughs> you're gonna pick some stuff up. Um, but that's, like, the other thing that, like, truly comes to define the Dibneys is they just they just really love each other um and their marriage is like extremely solid <laughs> like as opposed to 99% of uh superhero marriages where there's just like inevitable drama like even like Clark and Lois who are, like, extremely in love and both, like, fairly stable personalities, like, inevitably, like, break up every few years. Um, Sue and Ralph are, like, occasionally they, like, make fun of each other, but they're just, like, <laughs> they're just so happy to be married. They're just having a great time. <laughs> um... God, uh, Ralph joins the Justice League, I think after this, like, the, the backup features have sort of 
come to an end. Um, the the main Justice League team, like the JLA, um, and he's uh, there. Uh, it's like during the um, the era where the Justice League is uh, on the satellite, um, and there's like twelve or thirteen members, and Ralph is sort of like the comic relief uh partly because he's like not a super serious character to begin with and also um stretching powers are inherently kind of rife for comedy um but he's like he's part of the team and he's an important part of the team um and also people <laughs> Batman is there but people do still ask Ralph for help with solving mysteries um, well, it, it, and, it's a little intimidating trying to ask Batman for help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you if you ask Batman for help solving a mystery, he's like gonna ask you like so many questions about why you're bothering him. If you go to Ralph and say like, "I've got a mystery," Ralph's like, "Let's go." <laughs> I want to see the mystery. Um. Love him, love them. Uh, Sue is uh, sort of around somewhat during this uh, this time, but she is around more um, during like the Justice League uh, International era. Uh, so it's like he's. He's on the JLA. He uh, moves to the Justice League in Detroit. Um, he joins a Justice League International, um, and he and Sue are part of the Justice League uh, Europe, um, where Sue gets made an honorary member because. Uh, <laughs> The two of them both speak French, and they're in Paris, and they're the only members of the team that speak French. Um, Sue, I think, learns, like, because she's, you know, like, a wealthy socialite, and she had a fancy education. I think she learned a lot of different languages, and then presumably taught some of them to her husband. Um, love it. Love them. Um... And they also, um, the, uh, the JLE breaks up and then they, uh, end up on the sort of, like, uh, reformed Justice League International called the Super Buddies, um, uh, as appearing in, uh, Keith Giffen and J.M.D. Mateus is formerly known as the Justice League with a bunch of the, like, this is, it's still the sort of, uh, you know, second stringer Justice League team. Um, and Ralph is, it's still primarily jokes. And Ralph is there doing jokes. Um, but, uh, Sue is also, like, on the team, um, though obviously not, like, doing any active superheroing. Yeah, because mostly... Because have any superpowers. Mostly what she did in JLI from, uh, the parts that I read was, like, she was basically their, their manager, but not, like... Yeah. Not the way that Oberon was their manager of, like, public stuff. Like, she answered the phones and was, like... Hey, you guys have to get here. <laughs> she, she's like trying to keep them on task. Um, which is a uh monumental effort. Yeah. And the, I think the good thing about JLI, like from what I can remember, it's been a little bit, but the whole team did love and respect her, which you don't see a lot with like characters that are basically uh glorified secretaries. Yeah, um, I mean, they, um, 
they they are obligated to respect her because if anyone disrespected Sue, Ralph would snap. This is true, but also I think they just <laughs> genuinely respected her. I think they just I think she's just great. I think that she's just great and everyone should also appreciate if her. they disrespected her, she would snap. She would snap. Ralph wouldn't even get the chance to snap because she would snap. She'd be like, do you know what I put up with from you people? Not you, Ralph. You're doing amazing. <laughs> um, God, good for her. Um, so that's what they're doing kind of through like the 80s and 90s is like a lot of the JLI and like JLI adjacent stuff. Um, uh, formerly known as the Justice League, comes out in, I think, the early 2000s. Uh, and then, in 2004, um, Identity Crisis happens. Uh, probably, um, a lot of people know what the deal with this is. All if you- if you have heard of Sue Dibney, at least, it was probably in the context of this. Uh, but this is the bummer part. So, uh, content warning, um, for sexual assault and death. Um, just, you can just skip, <laughs> just skip, skip to the end if you want to. Um, anyways, so... In 2004, uh, DC does an event called Identity Crisis, uh, and we talked about some of this stuff when we talked about, uh, The Atom and Gene Loring, um, but basically there's the DC superheroes are trying to figure out who is targeting their loved ones. Starting off with the death of Sue Dibney. And this later turns out to be uh, the Adams' ex-wife or ex-girlfriend. I, I can't remember if they were married. I feel um, like it was ex-wife. I believe so. Uh, Jean Loring, who... Uh, in trying to reconnect with the Adam... Uh, comes up with this scheme intending to just, uh, hurt Sue, um, so that, you know, all of these superheroes would, like, be, you know, worried about their loved ones and, like, go to be with them. Um, so she, uh, uses, um, the Adam shrinking powers his famous trick of uh, shrinking down so small that he goes inside the telephone and travels through the phone wires, which is not a real thing. <laughs> I mean, obviously none of it is a real thing, but that's <laughs> the most, like, this, this, this would not happen. This would not possibly happen. It is but electricity. Stop. It, stop it. It's, it's not, not a There's tube. not tiny little <laughs> stuff in there. <laughs> um, but she, uh... Shrinks herself really small, goes through the phone, um, flies into Sue's brain, again, intending just to, uh, non-fatally, you know, cause her to need maybe, like, hospitalization. Still bad, but accidentally kills her, uh, and then, uh, burns the body to try and cover up what happened, um... And then, uh, through, like, attempting to cover this up and, uh, clear her name, just, like, sets off a whole chain reaction of other horrible events, uh, including the death of Tim Drake's father. Uh, but Sue, uh, Sue is killed. Um, and through them investigating, uh, who could have done this, one of the primary suspects is the supervillain, uh, Dr. Light, uh, who had, years prior to this, uh, attacked and sexually assaulted 
Sue. Um, this sucks. <laughs> and the reason this happens is because, like, there's this whole, like, ethical debate at the center of Identity Crisis where we find out that after that had happened, uh, Zatanna used magic to, like, mind wipe Dr. Light to prevent him from doing anything like this again. And there was a big, you know, fight about it. And Batman was like, I don't think it's like, I don't think we can have the authority to like magically lobotomize people, even if they do really, really bad things. I don't think we can make that call. And then Satana also erases Batman's memory of this ever happening. Um, but pretty rich coming from Batman who like, routinely sends people to Arkham Asylum where they could be doing physical lobotomies. <laughs> they could be doing that. It is Arkham. You know, it's it seems it seems like some pretty bad stuff could be happening. But they wanted to, you know, include this kind of like rift in the Justice League. Fine. I really feel like there would have been a lot of ways to do that that did not involve having a character who had already died um, established to have also been sexually assaulted. Um, and this does, like, uh, a lot of people are kind of pretty upset about this. Like, especially given that these were, like, Ralph and Sue had been, like, very, like, lighthearted characters before this and had not, like, really shown up or, like, done a lot in a while. And then it's like, they're back. Deal with this. Um, and it's, like... Oh, you wanted the these mi- characters to show back up? A monkey's paw finger curls in. Yeah, for real. And it's also, like, I think, like, the mid-2000s... Um, I think, like, you kind of hit peak edginess. It's, like, a very different sort of comics edginess from, like, the 80s and 90s, like, you know, Punisher, like, anti-hero, like, gritty kind of stuff. But there's a lot of stuff in the mid-2000s that's, like, oh, we're gonna be so serious and we're gonna tell these serious stories about you know, real psychological stuff. And I think since then, we've moved away from that. And, like, Sue Sue gets cited, all, like, a lot in conversations about fridging and about violence against women in comics, probably more than um, the actual, like, originator of the term, fridging just because like sue was a beloved character more beloved character and also this was like an event at the center of like a company-wide crossover um so like you know it it wouldn't happen today and people were mad about it but it still happened and it, it sucks um after this you know, uh, Ralph is understandably deeply, deeply, deeply upset. Uh, they also, like, throw in that, like, oh, also Sue was pregnant when she died, which is just, like, come (laughs) on, my god. Um, in, like, um, a couple years later, uh, in... 52, um, fucking, God, um, Cassie, Cassie Sandsmark, um, in her flop era, (laughs) uh, has started a cult to try and resurrect Connor Kent, Superboy, and, uh, the cult, as a test run, tries to resurrect Sue. Um, and Ralph uh, learns about this. He goes to Sue's grave and finds um, that, like, 
there's a, an upside down Superman symbol painted on her gravestone. Um, and he investigates this and he's like, not stoked, but he's like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to try and stop them right away. I'm, um, going to get, uh, my good friends, Oliver Queen, uh, and Hal Jordan, um, to come with me to this cult ceremony that Cassie Sandsmark told me about. And, uh, they go to see what's going on. Uh, at first Ralph is like, well, maybe this will work and my wife will come back to life. But like, as it goes on, he's like, no, no, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad and wrong. They like, they build like a, a straw effigy of Sue. And he's like, I hate this. I stop, stop, stop doing the cult, stop doing the cult stuff. And it's like the like effigy, like, briefly like comes to life and like calls out to him and then it gets like lit on fire um and uh it sucks <laughs> and he hates it um understandable yeah um later like throughout this series 52 was like a weekly series following the aftermath of infinite crisis which is a different crisis than Identity Crisis that happened, like, a year later. Um, because the 2000s were like that. Um. How many crises can we fit? God. Um, but so throughout this series, Ralph is like, well, maybe there is a way to resurrect her. Um, he ends up going, uh, to Dr. Fate. Um, who's actually a, um, a supervillain pretending to be Dr. Fate. And then at the last minute, Ralph reveals that he actually knew it was a supervillain the whole time. And he was just, uh, playing along. So he, uh, is, so th it's Felix Faust pretending to be Dr. Fate, who is trying, um, to, like trade uh ralph's soul to uh the demon neuron and uh neuron uh shows up and kills ralph but in doing so activates this like binding spell that ralph had learned and like put on the tower and like traps them both there um but at the very end of 52 um, you see, uh, Ralph and Sue as ghosts together, um... Just hanging and out? <laughs> hanging out and solving mysteries. <laughs> it's like, Sue mentions that there's, like, uh... She's like, oh, I heard there's some, like, weird stuff going on at this high school. Um, and, uh... I think, like, the very last panel of them is them, like, standing in the hallways of this, like, you know, like, weird, like, maybe haunted high school. Um, and Sue's like, sweetheart, your nose is twitching again. Um, which is cute, and honestly, like, I could have been happy if they were just, like, mystery-solving ghosts, like, forever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm genuinely very endeared by that, and it's much less upsetting than just Sue being dead. It's like, oh, well, they, they can be little, they can be ghosts. They can be ghost pals. Yeah. Um, so they, um, they show up a few different times as ghosts. Um, in Batman and the Outsiders, they, uh, are able to, like, briefly possess people, um, which they, you know, are, are just, again, using to solve mysteries. Um, we also find out through, um, I think through an issue of, uh, Blue Beetle that, um, fucking gay teen witch Tracy 13 was, like, adopted by Ralph and Sue for a little while after her mom died 
And I was like, why are we learning about this through her <laughs> telling Jaime about it? And we didn't have fucking, like, 58 issues of Ralph and Sue raising their lesbian witch daughter. <laughs> I cannot believe we were denied this. I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because comics doesn't want me to be, like, happy. Um, but holy shit, that rules. <laughs> um, there's a weird thing in, like, the New 52, um, where, um, it's like, oh, Ralph is, like, secretly part of the Secret Six. I don't know why. Um, in Rebirth, they've both shown up, I think, alive. They showed up in Detective Comics issue 1000. Um, it sounds like a joke when I say it. Literally the thousandth issue of Detective Comics where they did a whole thing. Um, where, uh, they're part of, like, a, a group of detectives that Batman um, goes to for help, uh, and Ralph, definitely Ralph and possibly Sue, uh, were in Brian Michael Bendis's event Leviathan, um, as part of the group of detectives that Lois had assembled to try and figure out who Leviathan is, which I'm glad about genuinely, if they did want to keep hanging around as ghosts, like, I would not be mad. <laughs> um, there was, there was, like, at least one, like, uh, Halloween special where the two of them were just kind of, like, the narrators, um, of the various, like, Halloween stories, which I think is cute. Um. I think I remember but, that one. Yeah. Um. I, I, it's, it is good if they're alive. And I think if you're going to have Ralph be alive, you also need to have Sue be, well, well, one, because it's fucking depressing if, um, Ralph is alive and Sue is not. But also, like, the whole thing with Sue is, like, so well known at this point as, like, such an egregious example of, uh, doing, doing a woman dirty. Doing a woman dirty, pointlessly doing horrible things to a female character. It's like, we... <laughs> the optics the optics would be so bad. <laughs> we need her to be alive again. It would just look extremely bad. Um, oh, so, like, people would just be like, oh, so you brought Ralph back, but you won't bring back Sue? <laughs> you won't bring back Sue after that horrible, horrible, horrible thing you did to her? Um, Especially, like, wife guy Ralph. Like, he wouldn't come back without Sue. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, like no, Ralph, I'd we rather... brought you back to life. He's like, no. Put me put back. Me back in. <laughs> My wife's in there, man. Why would We're you solving take that ghost from mysteries. Me? <laughs> Just, how rude. Um, Somebody's God. like, oh, hey, we can bring back, we can bring back one person. I think it should be Ralph. We need his help. And they're like, no, no, we no, can't. He won't. What, he, won't what, why? he will not be happy. What, what? Why? Why? You gotta bring back his wife. <laughs> if, if Ralph would be, if you tear Ralph away from his afterlife with his wife, he's going to be so pissed. He's gonna Dead, be Dead really told mad me at you. That he's like hanging. They're hanging out and solving mysteries. If you, if this is only like a one-time thing, and you can only bring back one of them, we need to find a different dead detective. Yeah, there's got, there's got to be some of them. Listen, Ralph, Ralph's like a pretty chill guy, but if you bring him back without his wife, he will, he will not be happy. No, he probably wouldn't help you, like based on principle. Yeah. Anyways, uh, happy Valentine's Day. That's the story of, um, two extremely delightful hats who went through one really big bummer <laughs> that I think has since somewhat been rectified. <laughs> I love them. 
they're just fun. I'm 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 sorry this horrible horrible thing happened. I'm sorry about <laughs> the 2000s in general. <laughs> Anyways, um did you have anything else to discuss? No, I just love them. I really need to start reading Justice League International again so that I can see them. Like <laughs> just, I just want to look at them. I just I just want to hang out with Ralph and Sue Dibney, and I wish they would adopt me <laughs> as, as a queer My cool witch. Parents. <laughs> God, don't we all? But yeah, I didn't read uh-huh. any comics, because I finally got my sewing stuff all organized, and I can craft <gasps> again. Yay! I'm going um, to make Aurum of the Arashari. <laughs> oh, I want to see my little boy. Here he comes. Um, there was, um, there was some comics, uh, comics-related news. Uh, most notably, um, the Super Bowl was yesterday. I watched none of it. I was I was going to multiple stores looking for all the stuff I needed to you do are so valid. Um I also did not watch it, but I did see um there were new trailers for uh Moon Knight uh which was a lit somewhat brief didn't show too much new stuff that I could see. Still not sure about the accent that Oscar Isaac is doing, but I'm gonna let him have it. Um, and then, what many more people are talking about, um, a, uh, trailer, uh, like a full trailer for Multiverse of Madness, um, where we get to see America Chavez several times, um, there's some uh cool alien monster things that's fun and um the part that everyone is talking about i guess trailer spoilers uh is there's a scene where um doctor strange is seemingly arrested and he's uh taken to this uh mysterious council uh, that we don't get to see any of the faces or defining features of, but we do hear Patrick Stewart's voice. <laughs> um, we don't get to see anybody, but we do hear. We do hear Mr. Patrick Stewart. The fun um, thing is, I did not watch the trailer. <laughs> oh, spoilers. No, I don't uh, Pat- care. It's fine. I'm just... Oh. <laughs> I like seeing yeah. the reactions. I'm like, I, I don't need to watch this trailer. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Although I might have um, to watch it just for America Chavez. I, I mean, I love I love to look at her. I do love um, to see her. So uh, people are suspecting that this is uh, going to be the MCU version of the Illuminati, the secret council consisting of... Uh, Tony Reed, Namor, Doctor Strange, Professor X. I feel T'Challa like a fool before he quits. Cause I just put I saw a meme about it where it was like the picture of the guy yelling at an unimpressed girl in the middle of a crowded uh-huh. party. Uh-huh. And he's like, No, see, because Charles Xavier is on a uh team called the Illuminati with Namor and Doctor Strange and etc 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 and I'm like okay why is that the thing that people are getting from the trailer and then I I knew that Patrick some other people were talking about Patrick Stewart it just clicked for me <laughs> that Patrick Stewart does in fact play Charles Xavier <laughs> and that's where people are making the connection Yes, that's that's why. That's that's the excitement. Is I that forgot we might... that Disney got the X-Men. They got them, baby. Um so people are excited that we might see uh 
Professor X, we might see like the first appearances of like Reed and Namor. Um, also, there's like some like, a, like I think maybe Tom Cruise was like cast in like an unknown role or something, and people think he's going to be like alternate universe, like superior Iron Man Tony. And I was like, why are people so fixated on this idea? Because I also saw the same tweet and had literally forgotten until I saw the tweet that Tony's dead. Oh. <laughs> the MCU Tony's dead. I was like, why are people so fixated on this version of Tony? Like, yeah, it'll just I, be regular Tony. It won't be regular Tony. I He's dead. was just, I also forgot that Tony died. Whoops. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. <laughs> Whoops. And I, I was just sitting here like, Tom Cruise and Robert Downey Jr. do kind of have like the sort of face where you would look at them and be like, yeah, I could see them as alternate universe versions of each other. Yeah. Just put a goatee um, on Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Hold on, now I have that's... to draw a goatee on Tom Cruise. <laughs> You keep going with the podcast. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna draw a goatee on Tom Cruise and see what that looks like. Yeah, go for it, go for it. Um DC also, this was like a couple weeks ago now. DC announced like their sort of uh summer like event, which is a crisis called Dark Crisis, which is following an event. Um, called the death of the Justice League, where the Justice League is apparently going to die. Um, and Josh Williamson was like, it's not a gimmick. We're really killing the Justice League and they're going to die. And it's like, okay, but like, for how, like, it's not gonna be permanent. <laughs> Even if you do kill them, I know they will not stay dead. And also it was like, Dark Knight's death metal made, like, a whole thing about, like, how maybe we shouldn't have crises anymore. And it's like, okay, well, that didn't last very long, I guess. Um, but I will, I will grant them, they have, like, through kind of future state and, like, John being Superman right now and everything, they have seeded replacements for a lot of Justice League members. So this doesn't feel like it's coming out of nowhere. But that being said, I am preemptively tired. <laughs> I don't want no more crises. We've had enough. We've had enough of them. Um, I'm still going to read it. There's fucking, there's, <laughs> they've released like the kind of like, like first like cover, like, you know, promo image for Dark Crisis, and I saw Nightwing in it, and I went, Nightwing! So, like, I'm gonna read it, see if Nightwing does anything cool, um, because that's the burden of my life. But, uh, that will be happening this summer, um, I'm sure. I think maybe, like, the lead-up will be in the spring, and then the crisis will be in the summer. Um. We love a summer crisis. We love a summer crisis, hey. Don't we all, baby? Um, but, yes, we've already gone, uh, much too long. So, uh, hey everyone, thanks for listening to Capes and Japes. If you want to keep up with us online, where probably we will talk about our summer crisis, um... Hey, join, join our Discord servers, uh, to see this very poorly drawn facial hair on Tom I'm having a great time. It looks so bad. <laughs> great. Hey, join our Discord server. Um, follow us online. We've got Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook, just at Capes and Japes. Uh, Discord, we have an email address that's capesandjapes at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Patreon. If you want to support us on there, you can get bonus content. Uh, watch stuff with us, help us pick what we talk about. Um, if you can't support us on Patreon, but you want to help out the show, leaving a rating and review is a cool way to do that. Uh, telling a friend if you think they might want to listen. And also just coming and joining us, as you have done once again. Uh, so thank you for being here for this episode of Capes and Shapes. I have been Olivia. 
and I have been Briar, and as always, look out, it's me, Tom Cruise, the poorly drawn facial haired Iron Man duplicate. <laughs> <laughs> Here he comes, folks.